In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I sold my heart to a man on Craigslist. It's exactly as it sounds. I've had a few drinks, so I'm a little bit more calm now. I've had a long day full of weird crap and an even weirder man, which you'll be hearing about very soon. But I gotta preface this by saying that I'm never using Craigslist again. As if that matters. Just, please be careful about who you meet online. Please. I'd just broken up with my boyfriend of two years after being sent a picture from one of my old sorority sisters of him in a bar with his tongue down some girl's throat. Is this Mike? said the attached text message. The image was super blurry, but I could make out his features and the tattoo of an eye on his exposed collarbone. It was him. Needless to say, Mike had all of his stuff moved out within a few hours. Giving him a piece of my mind felt good. But like most breakups, I ended up a crying mess on my best friend Rachel's bed a night later. To cheer me up, we browsed Craigslist together. It was kind of an inside joke between the two of us to send the craziest posts we found on Craigslist to each other. I'm sure you know how the site operates. 
You can find pretty much anything for sale or anyone. Perverts, dog walkers, technicians, therapists. Browsing through it was a great way to waste a few hours, but I had never considered actually using the site for anything other than memes. Look at this one, Rachel said, pointing to a photo of a guy in a skull mask and a fedora. He says he wants someone to move to South America with him, and, oh, that's explicit. Jesus, I giggled. She clicked on the next page, and one particular post caught my eye. Looking to buy a heart, MFW. Huh? Rachel clicked on it, and the first thing we saw was this handsome Adonis-looking guy, with the brightest smile I ever saw and wind-swept brown hair that could rival even Mike's. We were awestruck by how good he looked, and almost forgot to scroll down to read his actual post. Looking for the heart of a beautiful, down-to-earth girl. Must be pure of soul, but not pure of body. Would love to steal one, but thought that asking would be more gentlemanly. Preferably would love someone with a great taste in music, an open mind, and a dog lover. Leave daddy issues at the door. A healthy lifestyle is important. I believe the body is a temple, so she should too. Getting to know someone is important. I'd like to take a free trial before making the sale. No Netflix? No problem. My movie collection has been praised for being the best this side of the Mississippi River. If you don't like movies, we can do whatever you want. As long as it's not too illegal. I'm in desperate need here. It's been too long, and it's time I finally meet someone made for me. Maybe it's you. Serious inquiries only. Rachel wrinkled her nose. You. Let's F with him, I suggested. Really? Yeah, I affirmed. Come on, it's obviously a joke. No one actually talks like that. Rachel smirked knowingly. You'd be surprised. His confidence has to be through the roof with cheekbones like that. Well, even more reason to message him. If he's genuinely like this, then this tool deserves to be messed with. Rachel looked skeptical, but in my current state, I didn't want to be rational. I wanted to be as reckless as Mike was for once. I took the laptop from her and hit the reply button. His contact name was Liam Malcolm. Very model-esque. It sounded very fake. Nonetheless, I copy and pasted his email into one of my burner emails that I use for free streaming trials. What should I say, I asked. I don't know if I should be super cheesy or act like I'm totally serious. Imitation is the best form of flattery, Rachel said maybe sound as shallow as he does. I nodded and got to work. By no means do I think I'm God's gift to the world, but I tried my best to sound as snooty and particular as possible. After about ten minutes of typing, editing, and raucous laughter, I came up with my reply. Hello there. I am very interested in your offer. But first, a few things to discuss. What are the benefits of selling my heart? I have found that with these things, the rewards turn out to be more mediocre than mind-blowing. Are you sure you can afford it? I am a dog lover, but I'm only willing to meet with you if you have a dog of your own. The number of them doesn't matter, as long as one of them is of the teacup variety. It's your lucky day, as I do enjoy to watch movies. However, the only genre I like is romantic comedy. If you don't have the hottie and the naughty on DVD, then I'm afraid this may be a deal-breaker. My diet consists of lots of water and green things. Lettuce, bell peppers, avocados, anything green, I'll eat it. I expect you to do the same. Lastly, my body is a temple, but I'm curious to know how you would worship it. 
Whoa, 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 too cheeky, Rachel said. Damn, I thought you weren't ready to get back on the wagon. If you think I'm desperate enough to sleep with a boy who winks as much as he does, then you don't know me as well as you thought. I said, shaking my head. It's all a joke. I'm sure he's going to reply to this with a dick pic anyway. I sent it. I woke up the next morning with a hangover and a new email from Liam. Seeing his name made my heart begin to pound just a little faster. Common sense told me to leave him alone, but I was immensely curious. I got out of bed, careful not to wake Rachel, and went to the bathroom to splash some water on my face and read his reply. Hey there. Not gonna lie, you seem to be very high maintenance, but that's exactly what I'm looking for. I love to take care of people, so it looks like it's your lucky day as well. I can also pay whatever you're willing to shell out. We can discuss payment after a few drinks if you want. Here's my number. My heart was beating even faster than before, but my brain smacked my heart in the face and reminded me that I had no idea who this guy really was. His name, his picture, all of it screamed fake. There was no way someone that good-looking could be real. And yet, I found myself inputting Liam's number into my phone. After a few minutes sitting on the counter, staring at the digits at the top of my messenger app, I typed out a simple hey. It was another few minutes before I gathered enough nerve to send it. Soon after, Rachel began to stir, and I slid my phone into the waistband of my pajama bottoms and went downstairs to make breakfast. Rachel came to eat after about an hour, her hair still a mess, but with a clean face and brushed teeth. We talked a little about our plans for the Sunday until her eyes lit up, and she asked me if Liam had replied to my email. For whatever reason, I didn't want her to know that he had. Nah, I said. Must have scared him off with the temple line. She shook her head. I've heard worst ones, to be honest. And so, I texted him any time Rachel wasn't in the room, hooked to his words. He spoke confidently, and was much more personable than his Craigslist ad made him out to be. He was soft, he was funny, he was charming. He'd even majored in biochemistry at the same college that I went to. He replied to me almost immediately every time, which let me know he was interested in talking to me. It could have just been me feeling very, very lonely, but I didn't want to stop messaging him, even when I got home later that night. We set up a coffee date for the very next day. Before I went to bed, I told him good night. Good night, Amanda, he sent with his iconic wink face. I didn't realize it then that something was very, very wrong because I was so starstruck, but I hope you caught it at least. We met at a coffee shop the next afternoon, a popular one with plenty of witnesses in case things went south. I was nervous, showing up about ten minutes before our scheduled meeting time. This was the first time he would see me. I don't think I looked terrible, but compared to Liam, I was leagues below him and I still had my doubts on whether it was a catfish or not. Regardless, both of us were supposed to be wearing an alumni shirt from our alma mater, Virginia Tech. He walked in precisely at 4 p.m., our meeting time, wearing a VT t-shirt and looking exactly like his Craigslist ad. Heck, even better. He was tall, wearing shorts that showed off his sculpted legs, and his windswept hair looked glossy and soft. He scanned the room, and his eyes landed on my shirt, then on me, settling on my face. He smiled, sitting down next to me. The next few hours were a blur. I felt at ease with him, like I would with Rachel, as we talked about any and everything. His voice was hypnotizingly deep, and his eyes were so very intense. 
I learned more things about him. He was an only child, worked from home as a freelance artist, loved the rain and the color red. We'd soon developed a bond, and I was enjoying his company. We didn't bother ordering anything. I was happy for a while. It was during a very rare lull in the conversation that I noticed the sun was setting. Panic set in, and I checked my phone clock, confirming that we had, in fact, been sitting in the same spot for hours. I hadn't eaten since that morning. I hadn't used the bathroom since he'd gotten there. I tried to stand, and my legs wobbled, Liam reaching a hand out to steady me. You okay? he asked, concern in his voice. I nodded. It's getting pretty late. I should be on my way home. You're having run, right? he asked. You could come back to my place if you want. The yes was on the cusp of my lips, but the aching pain in my legs had managed to keep my head semi-clear of the perpetual state of wonder he'd kept me in. I remember what I told Rachel the night before about not being ready to get back on the wagon, and I knew that emotionally I truly wasn't. Liam didn't deserve to be a one-night stand, nor did he deserve to be a rebound. Sorry, I said. Maybe another time. I did have a lot of fun. I'd like to see you again. There was a bit of hurt in his eyes at my apology, but they lit up again at the end of my sentence. Let me walk you outside, then. He gave me his arm and let me lean on him as we walked to my car. There were less people milling around the outside of the shop than there had been in the afternoon, but still quite a few. I felt safe enough. When we got to my sedan, Liam leaned against the hood, flashing me with another smile. So, he said, about our deal. Deal? I asked. Then I remembered the ad. I grinned. Go on. I was thinking maybe another date in exchange for your heart? Just a date? I think I'm worth more than that. He raised his brows suggestively. I really like you. I'm sure we could work out something. Anything you want. Anything, huh? That's quite an offer. I'll have to think about it. You don't have to decide now, he said, standing up and facing me. I looked up into his eyes, which regarded me coolly. I remember thinking I could stare up into them forever. As long as I have your heart. The way things are going, you're well on your way, I murmured. He leaned in, and so did I, expecting a kiss. Instead he grabbed my hand, squeezing it. Is that a yes? He quietly insisted, his breath tickling my lips. My body was on fire, and the butterflies were flapping around inside me for all they were worth. But the sensation was different, different than the first time I kissed Mike, or the first time I gave my first oral presentation in school, and I couldn't put my finger on it. But at that moment, I didn't care. I thought it was just him keeping up the charm, and I didn't want to ruin the joke. But looking back, I should have just left. Things could have been different. Yes. He grinned, showing off all his pearly whites and giving my hand a tug. I felt a pinprick there, almost like an itch in my palm, and he let me go, the sensation going away. Good night, Amanda, he said, nodding. He walked away, our conversation ended on a rather abrupt note. I watched him turn the street corner and disappear past the shop, as the streetlights finally came on. It was a little weird, but I shrugged it off. After all, it was the first awkward moment we'd had. I drove home, trying to quell the butterflies inside, when Mike called me. I ignored it, and the subsequent calls he made to my phone. Instead of picking up, I called Rachel, and finally spilled the beans about Liam. 
She was surprised, but very impressed that Liam turned out not to be a whack job. You're going to see him tomorrow then, she asked. Oh my gosh, what if he has, like, a giant house? What if he has horses? I want to ride a horse. I didn't know you were a middle school girl, Ray, I teased. But we haven't made any plans yet. He wants to see me again, though. That's so nice, she said. Who knew you could luck out on a wacko site like Craigslist? I'm grateful if I find a guy who even remembers my name. That was when it clicked. My foot hit the brakes, the sound loud enough for Rachel to squeal and ask me what was wrong on the other end of the phone. I'd had a realization, one that should have come up earlier, not once in text or in person, had I told Liam my name. I relayed this to Rachel, who brushed it off. He probably looked you up on Facebook or something. How could he? He hasn't seen me before today. I don't. I never even told him about myself. The epiphanies were piling up in my head. All he had was an email I didn't even use often, one that in no way had my name or age or anything of the sort. All he knows about me is from that joke email we sent, and that's not even really me, Ray. Calm down. You gave him your number, right? He probably looked you up with that. Sure, yeah, but it would have been much easier to just ask. I guess. Do you want to come over again? No, I've got work tomorrow. I'll be fine. It's probably nothing. Alrighty then. Let me know if you need anything. Get home safe. I hung up, staring down at my phone. I opened the messages app, scrolling up until I saw the goodnight message from before. Good night, Amanda. Suddenly, I just didn't feel good. My stomach was in knots. And sitting stationary on an empty road, I felt very creeped out. It was like I was being watched. Turns out I was. I looked up, noticing a light in my rearview mirror. I adjusted it until I could see another car's headlights, a good distance behind me. They weren't getting any closer. That car was stopped just like I was. But there were no houses nearby, no buildings, and no one standing outside the car. It was just sitting there, waiting for me. I put the pedal to the metal and peeled out of there. I took the long way home, driving through a few different neighborhoods. There was a chance that that car was minding its own business, but my instincts were telling me otherwise. After I was sure I wasn't being followed, I went home and ran inside, locking the front door and watching the street from my living room window for a few minutes. I didn't see or hear anything unusual, but I was quaking like a chihuahua. I went to the kitchen, turning on all the lights and dialing Rachel's number. Before I could finish putting in her number, I saw that she was calling me. I answered, saying, speak of the devil, before her panicked voice made me pause. What's up? Mike, she began, something happened. Something bad. What happened, I questioned, feeling even more anxious. An accident. On the road. I just saw it online. What? I demanded, getting a little hysterical. He's died, Manda. Side impact collision. The police put out a picture, and his car is... I don't know. I don't know. It looks bad. There's chunks of it missing. It was a hit and run. It looks bad. I'm so sorry. What? I whispered. Manda, I hung up, going online to unblock Mike's Facebook and look at his feed. People were already posting messages of support to his family. I went to my news app next, seeing Fatal Hit and Run on Barker RD as a headline. I saw his picture, one I took of him on vacation. 
I saw his car, unrecognizable from a giant pile of scrap metal you'd see in a junkyard. It looked like he'd been hit by a freight truck. No one was surviving that. The guilt is indescribable. He called me what could have been minutes before his death. Sure I was deserved in ignoring him, but I don't know. We'd been together for two years. I was happy with him. I loved him. I still love him. It's hard to move on from something like that. Any chance of reconciliation or even closure is gone now. Mike is gone. But you know what the kicker is? I cannot shake the feeling that it's all my fault. It's been a few hours since all of that happened. Rachel kept calling me, but I didn't have the heart to pick up. Her last text was an offer to come over to my place, and at first I didn't want her to. Everything felt too wrong. Even going outside felt dangerous. But I got desperate and ended up accepting. But that was two hours ago. She should be here by now, and she's not answering my calls now. My hand has been bleeding for some reason, but the band-aids are in the kitchen, and I refuse to leave this bathroom floor until she arrives. And Liam has been sending me so many messages, saying how he can't wait to see me again. I can't bear to respond. The guilt is too overwhelming. It feels like I don't deserve to be happy with anyone else. I debated just telling him not to contact me again. It wasn't like we could last anyway. The wink emoticon he sends is getting pretty damn annoying. It's almost like he knows something I don't. Oh, thank God. Someone's at the door. Rachel must be here. Part 2. It's been a long, long day. The longest of my life. I wish I could rationalize all of the things that just happened to me. I wish I had someone to talk to. But the truth is, no one would be willing to listen to the ramblings Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. ...of a girl who almost gave her life away to Satan himself but I'm getting ahead of myself. You all deserve to know what happened. I spent all of Sunday night waiting for Rachel to come by and keep me company after everything initially went down. I was still shook up after finding out about Mike's death and the suspicion that Mike knew something I didn't wasn't going away. When I heard someone knocking on the door in the wee hours of the morning, he'd sent me one last text. I almost didn't check it, 
but I had the phone in my hand in case Rachel texted me that she arrived like she usually would. He said, let's hang out again today. My treat. There wasn't a wink this time, which somehow didn't make me feel any better, and I never got anything from Rachel. Now cautious, I crept out of the bathroom and into the living room, careful not to step too hard on my squeaky-ass floorboards. My car was in the driveway, so it was obvious I was home, but I didn't want to give my position away. I made it two feet away from the door when I heard it a low, repeating click, rhythmic and familiar to me. I tiptoed back to the kitchen and retrieved the biggest blade I had, tucking it into the waistband of my pants. I looked out the door peephole, expecting a monstrous creature with a Glasgow grin or knives for hands, but instead found an unremarkable mailman. In his left hand was a blue rectangular box, and in his right, a pen he clicked boredom. I only felt silly for a second, looking up into his eyes. He was staring at the peephole intently, never breaking eye contact with me. It felt like he could see into my very soul. I almost didn't open the door, but that was big mistake number two. I opened it an inch, regretting that I didn't install the deadbolt my dad gave me a year ago. Hello? Are you Amanda? Amanda who? His icy blue eyes ghosted over some black script written on the box. Amanda Howard. He passed the name test. He could have just been a regular deliveryman. I felt even more silly trying to push down the unease in my stomach. That's me. Can you sign for this? He asked, producing a clipboard from under the box and a pen from his pocket. I accepted it, reading the script on the box carefully. It was from Rachel's address. I looked back up at the mailman feeling like my legs would give out. His eyes just reflected my fearful form back at me. I couldn't see anything in them. Emotion or even life. He didn't feel human. Have a nice day, he said, giving me a wink. Manners be damned, I slammed the door with all my might and backed away from it quickly. I heard him leave my porch, heading off down the street. I ran to the kitchen table, tearing open the box with one question in my mind. Where is Rachel? Inside the box I discovered two things. Rachel's cell phone, a lock of her russet hair, and a note, which read, Thought you might want this. I immediately called the police. The operator seemed exasperated at my tale, but she sent two guys over anyway. One of them checked the premises, the other looked at the box and its contents, scratching his head. Do you want to file a missing persons report? At the sound of it, my heart did a flip, but that was the truth of it, right? Rachel was missing. I told him yes, giving him all the information I had on Rachel's last whereabouts, her family contacts, and her appearance. I showed him the text messages from her surprisingly not getting anything from Liam during the whole ordeal. Do you have any other relevant info, ma'am? I thought about Liam. Could I tie him to her disappearance? No, it simply didn't add up. How could he know both of our addresses? How could he even know Rachel? It made no sense how he knew so much about me despite how little I told him. It was at that moment I finally got another text from him. I opened it, seeing a picture of him grinning from ear to ear holding up two DVDs. One was the hottie and the naughty, the one I told him I liked as a joke. The other was Hostage, featuring a pain-stricken Bruce Willis on the cover. The message was obvious. No, sir, I murmured, not taking my eyes off the phone. That's all I have. I'll send a call out to our other officers. Here's a number you can call if you find out anything else. He gave his spiel and left.
I'll be honest and say I stopped listening to him. The blood pounded loudly in my ears. I had my proof that Liam had something to do with this. But with it, he'd forced me into silence. He was playing a game with me. A terrible, terrible one that I never thought could be played. I still didn't have all of the rules yet. Why would he get Mike killed? Why would he abduct Rachel? What was he after? In hindsight, I should have realized it so much sooner. He was after my heart. It was at that moment he sent another text, asking me to come over. I guess the smart thing to do would have been to call the police again, but I knew Liam was a serious man. He'd been serious from the start, and I hadn't realized it until it was too late. He would hurt Rachel like he hurt Mike. He would hurt anyone I cared about. I didn't have a choice. I put on clean clothes, took a pocket knife and my trusty kitchen knife, and also a baseball bat for good measure, throwing them in the passenger seat of my car. Sitting in the driver's seat and gathering as much nerve as I could muster, I replied to him with a yes. Immediately he texted me his address, sending another wink for good measure. He didn't live too far away from the coffee shop we visited before. I set off before common sense could stop me, only following the speed limit in the busier parts of town, and with it being Memorial Day, there were lots of people out. It turned out he lived in a pretty big villa-styled home in a nice neighborhood, not the place you'd expect a stay-at-home artist to live. I pulled into the driveway next to Rachel's Red Beetle. My suspicions were confirmed. My eyes watered up at just how outrageous this all was, but I tried to stay calm. I didn't want him to see me unnerved. I knew he was watching. With the pocket knife in my pocket and the other knife tucked under my shirt, I exited the car, seeing him emerge from a side door of the house with an apron on and a grin on his face. Just in time, he greeted, waving at me. Come on, I'm making salad. He waited for me to join him at his side. I walked towards him slowly, cautiously keeping my distance. His smile didn't falter, and I didn't get too close. I stopped a couple of yards away. He then turned and headed into the house, and I followed, keeping the same distance. It was as nice on the inside as it was on the outside. I still kept wondering how he'd afforded it. He told me he loved to study human and animal internal systems. The irony is screaming at me, I know, but his main passion was art. I didn't see any art hanging up in the hallway, or in the living room, or the dining room, which was where he led me. But I did see Rachel sitting patiently at the table. Ray, I yelled, running over and embracing her. She didn't react to me, only staring at Liam who stood by the doorway and watched. Are you okay? What's he done to you? I didn't do anything she didn't want me to, he said with a laugh. I don't just force my way onto women. This isn't Hollywood. I tugged on her arm, and eventually her whole midsection, trying to get her out of the seat. She firmly stayed put, clutching the table for dear life, never taking her eyes off Liam. My arm started to ache, and I gave up, settling on shielding her from him. Why is she like this? I demanded. I warned her about you. There's no way she'd come here willingly. Did you now? He said. She was all ears when I asked her to stop by. Maybe she just didn't tell you. Shut up. Stop lying, I screamed. We're leaving. He lost his smile then. I don't lie. He turned around and left, calling over his shoulder. Salad's almost done. I know you like to eat green. I set my sights back on Rachel, getting a good look at her face. She was slack-jawed, still staring at the spot where Liam had been standing. 
she didn't even blink. I looked into her eyes, which didn't seem like hers. They were empty, devoid of the brightness that she always carried in her. They reminded me of the mailman's. I'm back. It doesn't take long for it to make a salad, thankfully. He entered the room, carrying a large bowl of Caesar salad. Somehow, every component of it was green. I'm not just talking lettuce, I mean croutons cheese. Everything was the same hue. It looked absolutely silly, but it sent chills down my spine. He was mocking me. He placed it in the center of the table, getting dangerously close to me and Rachel. I kept her behind me, trying to protect her. That only made the next part easy for him. Rachel, dear, disarm Amanda. She stood up so quickly I jumped. She reached behind my back and yanked the knife out of my waistband with one swift movement, taking her other hand and reaching down into my pocket for the other one. I tried to push her away, but it only resulted in getting a cut on my arm as her never-faltering motions ripped my weapons away from me. She looked at me, no emotion on her face. As I stood between the two of them, I felt very, very trapped. Good. Amanda, don't you want to eat? He said, crossing his arms. I made this special for you. I'm very impressed with your usage of food dye, I seethed. What? Have you done? To her? He grinned again. We made a deal. I gulped. What kind of deal? Same one we made, more or less, her heart for her life. My legs threatened to give out again, but I steadied myself. That doesn't make any sense. You can't live without a heart. But you can, he said, wagging his finger. Come on, I'll show you. He took us upstairs, ordering Rachel to stay behind me. She obeyed, clutching both of my knives in her two hands, ready to use them at a moment's notice. We followed him into a dimly lit room, with rows of bookcases lining the walls full of what looked like antiques and old trinkets. The one that immediately caught my eye was a large teddy bear, and the next, and postcard. I saw food, books, phones, lamps, keys, plants, photos, just about everything. This is my collection, he said. A heart isn't just an organ that beats inside you. It's what keeps you going. What matters to you most? the reason for someone's entire being. He gave me a wink. Want to see Rachel's? He walked over to a bookcase in the middle of the room, which still had a few empty shelves. He pulled a pair of earrings off it, the same pair I'd bought her as my very first gift to her when we were kids. They're kind of old, but I like the color. What the F is this? I questioned. You taking that? Made Rachel like this. Humans hold sentimentality in just about anything, he explained. I never really understood it. But man, the irony was delicious. Trading away your life for the reason you exist is just mind-blowing. Some people traded their hearts for even less. Cars, fame, money. One guy just wanted a friend, the poor sap. Why do you do this? I asked. What's in it for you? He shrugged. I just like pretty things, like you, Amanda. He stalked towards me. I backed away, knocking into Rachel, who blocked the door. I really want your heart, but I can't take it unless it's broken. That's the rub of it all. I won't ever be satisfied until I get something full, something complete, but it just won't happen. He stood just a few inches away from me, towering over me, much taller than I remembered. I have to settle for what I can get. Your heart is pretty sturdy, though. I can sense it. It needs a little more of a push. Maybe your parents will. No, I yelled. 
My mind raced for a way to stop the madness. I only had one idea, something I'd come up with in the car. We're not done yet. You haven't held up your end of the bargain. I haven't, he said. Not exactly a question, but a statement of frustration. You haven't told me what you wanted yet, but you can't take your heart back. I thought hard. He was like a genie in the bottle, tricky and desperate for what he wanted. No doubt, if I told him the wrong thing, he'd have my heart, and it'd end up being all for nothing. What good was life if I couldn't enjoy it? I didn't want to end up like Rachel. There was only one thing to do. Yours. What? I want your heart, I said. All of it. Intact. For me and only me to have. He smiled. Not the literal one, either. He frowned. That won't work. Why won't it? His frown turned into a scowl, making his beautiful face ugly and twisted. It just won't. Don't you have one? I do, he said, grimacing. I don't want to give it to you. Well, I don't want to give mine to you, I said. Any way we can call off the deal? No, you already shook on it. I even took your blood. It's set in stone. All bets were off then. This was my only chance. Looks like we're at an impasse. He growled, taking one step back. I felt like I could breathe again. You need to change your mind. Ask for something else. No. Rachel is happy, I promise you. You just don't know it. You can ask for your life. No. He furrowed his brow, crossing his arms. This isn't the first time someone tried to cheat me. I can hold out. I can torture you. You won't, I said, hoping this was actually the case. You would have done it by now. That's not how this works. Final offer. Damn you, woman, he screamed, raising his voice for the first time. If you think this is going to solve your problems, you're mistaken. But nonetheless, he stiffened up, moving a hand up to his chest and directing it up over his throat, then his mouth. With a flick of his wrist, he produced a small, pale yellow key. Now you, hold out your hand. I don't. Suddenly I felt an upheaval in my chest. Liam's finger pointed at the base of my throat, moving up and up to the back of my mouth. I felt something following his movements inside me, feeling very uncomfortable, but not painful. But my heart was beating a mile per minute, so fast I legitimately feared it would burst out of my chest. But then it was over. I felt something press into my palm, and I looked down to see the friendship bracelet that Rachel made for me in the third grade. What? I asked, bewildered. You dumb bitch, he snarled. Why can't you just want a car or something? What happens now? I asked, a bit more confused than fearful. I still felt the same. I expected to be dead, or at least an obedient zombie like Rachel. It's yours, he said, sighing. All of it. My collection including Rachel's heart, which seems to matter so much to you. That key is to this room, I asked. I shouldn't have shown it to you. I should have just torn you limb from limb. This is what I get for being a gentleman. But what'll happen to me? You, he glowered. You have as many hearts as you need to keep you going. There's always someone who finds a loophole, damn it. Now I have to start all over. He swept past me and Rachel, going back downstairs. I saw that Rachel was no longer staring at him, but staring at me, as if waiting for me to tell her to do something. Her blank eyes deeply unnerved me, 
and I followed Liam back down to the dining room. I'm getting out of this town. I can't stand to look at you. First time in 293 years this has happened. His mutterings and his quick movements about the house were catching me off guard. Just minutes ago he was threatening my life, and now he was taking off his apron and throwing it into a corner like a child in a temper tantrum. Hope you enjoy your miserable existence. He plopped the key down onto the table, staring at me. Well? I hesitantly handed over the friendship bracelet, waiting for another change to happen in me. Nothing. I felt fine. Don't guilt trip me, he said. You can live your life the way you used to. I'll be out of your hair. He paused, a light shining in his eyes. Mostly. Mostly? He grinned again, the unease settling back into my bones. I'll be going now. Be sure to take care of that temple of yours. He winked, leaving out of the side door. The house was too, too quiet. I went back upstairs to see Rachel, still waiting for me in the collection room. Do you want your heart back? I asked. She didn't respond. I walked over to the shelf and retrieved the earrings, taking her hand and placing them in her palm. She looked down at them, then back at me, waiting for more instructions. You can have it back. Please take it. She just wouldn't. I tried everything I could think of. I put them on for her. I even tried to strike a deal, but she wouldn't respond. She just wanted orders now that I was the owner of her heart, but I didn't know what to do with a girl that used to be my best friend. I left her upstairs in that haunted, haunted room. She's probably still there now. I don't want to leave her here, but I don't know what else I can do. This isn't even my house. All I have is this measly key, Liam's laptop, and a terrible feeling in my gut. So, I know what you're thinking. How could I be so stupid? Trust me, I wish I'd never met Liam. My curiosity almost ended me. My last-minute idea barely managed to work. Something tells me that if Liam hadn't treated me the way he did, I wouldn't have gotten the opportunity. He killed Mike. He threatened Rachel. But for some reason, he gave me a chance. I don't know why. I just hope he'll keep his word and skip town. But as I type this, something inside me is screaming. There's an itch that needs to be scratched, like a hunger that no amount of pizza can fill, or a thirst that no amount of wine is fulfilling. It took me a while to realize what was happening, but now I know how Liam felt.